Somebody ought to go ahead and shout it out tonight. Hey! Woo! Somebody give him a hand clap of praise tonight. Woo! Why don't you high five about eight people on the way to your seat? Tell him he's pushing back the darkness tonight. Come on, tell him he's pushing back the darkness tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Anybody else feel that undercurrent of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight? Come on, let's put our hands together one more time and give God a great praise. Glory to the name of Jesus. You can be seated for just a moment. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, welcome to all of our first-time guests that are in the building. Would you help me put your hands together, church, one good time and make welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord tonight. To all of those who are uh, joining us via the live stream tonight, welcome. We're glad that you took time to tune in and uh, see what the Lord is doing tonight. Good to see Sister Parker and their family. Just saw them walk in a few minutes ago. Good to have them with us again tonight. And uh, so good to see all of your smiling faces. Anybody got the victory tonight? Anybody know that the devil's still a liar tonight and that God is still on the throne? Is there anybody that's already got a testimony on Tuesday night? I'm only three days uh, into a new week, uh, but God's already made a way uh, where there was no way. Uh, God's already opened doors. And come on in. Is there anybody that just feels that way tonight? Woo! The devil's mad, and I'm glad. Sometimes you just need to get up in the morning and speak to Satan and just say, you mad, bro? <laughs> if you ain't a young person, you might, you might miss that cultural impetus there. But sometimes you just got to tell them, hell, you mad, bro? What you going to do about it? You're in checkmate. Somebody needs to remind the devil every once in a while, uh, you're a created being, uh, and you only have power. Uh, you can only mess with people as God allowed. Quit walking around uh, like you're in control. Uh, my God, have mercy. Uh, you work uh, for the God I serve. Uh, hey, anybody just believe that tonight? Woo. You gotta, you, you gotta quit letting hell convince you that it's in control. Satan wants you to feel intimidated like at any moment he can just overtake you. But my Bible says, greater is he uh, that is in me uh, than he uh, that is in the world. Ooh. I'm great. How many of you grateful for the Holy Ghost? Grateful for the power of God working in your life. Amen. I don't know how people make it through life without the Holy Ghost. It's, it's better than meth. It's better than crack cocaine. Um, 
It's, it's better. I don't even know all the new stuff. It's better than, than ecstasy and mollies and, and it's better than, uh, uh, it's better than Mad Dog 2020 and OE and Royal. Uh, yeah, come on, somebody. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, uh, it's the greatest thing you'll ever experience uh, in your life. There ain't no high like a Holy Ghost high. I don't wake up in the morning regretting the things that I did, but I wake up with fresh power and clarity of mind and peace in my spirit and love in my heart and joy in my mind. Uh, a boyfriend can't do it for you. A girlfriend can't do it for you. Uh, honey, can't nobody uh, do me like Jesus. Woo. Just tell your neighbor, can nobody do me like Jesus can? Uh, woo. When, you got, when, when you've got Jesus, you've got everything. When you've got Jesus, you've got uh, everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, oh, yeah, he sits high and he looks low. Uh, the heaven is his throne. Uh, the earth is his footstool. Uh, when you get God, you get everything. You get everything. And I'm telling you what, God is doing some amazing things. How many of you were here Sunday morning and were blessed by the ministry of Pastor Hammond on Sunday morning? How many of you thank God for that incredible word from God? Amen. He, he preached our responsibility. And if you were not here, haven't had a chance yet, I encourage you to, to jump online. You could go to our YouTube channel, Facebook page, SoundCloud podcast. You can go to the bookstore tonight, order a CD, an eight-track, cassette tape, vinyl record. <laughs> well, maybe we, our selection might be a little, little smaller than that, but you need to do whatever you got to do to get your hands on the Word of the Lord. Amen? And then Sunday night, what an awesome move of the Holy Ghost that swept over this place. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. And uh, Sunday we baptized two more people in Jesus' name. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. At our campus in Port-au-Prince, 85 more people were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. If I read the report right, I think right now as we're having church, there's a Bible study going on in Port-au-Prince with, I believe, three Trinitarian pastors who are hungry for truth. I believe that represents three more apostolic churches uh, that are about to be birthed in the country. I just need about 200 believers in the building. Uh, I believe that's about to... Come on, we're living in the last days. Uh, God's going to give us entire bodies, uh, entire churches. Uh, oh, hallelujah. And while God is doing all of those things, I thank him for his presence that we feel right here in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord. And uh, we... 
got a prayer request that was handed to me. Uh, I'm assuming our live stream ministry intercepted this. There's a, a woman from New Zealand uh, who is streaming online with us at this very moment uh, who would like us to pray for her. How many of you would just take a moment right now and lift up your hands? God knows her name. She's watching this service. I believe that right now, while we're standing here with our hands lifted, God can reach her exactly where she's at. Come on, help me lift your voice, church. In the name of Jesus, God, we lift this woman up before you right now. Uh, Oh, we're standing here, God, uh, but you know exactly where she is. Uh, and I pray that right now as we call on your name, uh, that you would reach your hand uh, into wherever she is, uh, her living room, her bedroom, her place of work, wherever she is. Uh, would you reach your hand in right now uh, and wrap your arms around her, God? Uh, whatever the need, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, uh, God, let her feel uh, the power of your presence. Uh, even right now, uh, we decree it, we declare it uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Now let's thank God for hearing us one more time tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Go with me to the book of Proverbs tonight, chapter number nine, the book of Proverbs Chapter number nine, I felt directed by the Holy Ghost this morning when I woke up to a series of verses and a topic uh, <clears throat> that is not brand new. And there is really no way for me to cover all of this tonight unless y'all want to just have church till midnight. Yeah, you say, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yeah, we'll see in 40 minutes. We'll see in 40 minutes how many of y'all are shouting with me like that right there. But uh, I, I want to introduce the subject and lay a foundation uh, from which we can continue next Tuesday. And I believe the Lord has a word for us in this house. How many of y'all came ready for, for some teaching tonight? you come ready for some teaching tonight hey man that means you get get your get your notepad your pen your pencil your note app on your phone your iPad hey man whatever you grab your neighbor's iPad if, if they you know if they ask what you're doing just tell them the Lord said if you'll just touch and agree tell them it's more blessed to give than to receive but uh, take some notes write it down I believe God's gonna speak to us tonight amen Proverbs chapter number 9, and I want to begin reading at verse number 1. It says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens, and she crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him. Notice how the writer 
personifies wisdom as a person. And in verse number five, the voice of wisdom speaks and says, Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. And for a few moments tonight, I want to teach about the seven pillars of wisdom. The seven pillars of wisdom. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time, clap your hands and give the Lord your praise tonight. Woo! Come on, let's thank him for his word tonight. Let's thank him for his promises tonight. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Proverbs chapter 9 really is an extension of chapter 8 on the subject of wisdom. The word wisdom is found approximately 250 times throughout the Bible. Both testaments contain a vast wealth of material on the topic. And after extolling the greatness of wisdom in the preceding chapter, Solomon declares in chapter 9 and verse number 1 that wisdom hath builded her house and she hath hewn out her seven pillars. Further instructions follow in this discourse concluding with where wisdom began and its bountiful promises. And while I want to look at several aspects concerning wisdom this week and the Lord willing if he tarries next week, we will not be able to completely exhaust the subject nor look at it from all of the paradigmatic vantage points possible. But there are a few things that I do want to look at. God in his word constantly appeals to us to seek out and to inquire or acquire wisdom. His word tells us that its value is above that of gold and that it is to be procured along with truth. With God placing such an emphasis and value upon this commodity, we also should highly prize wisdom and seek to obtain it. Since the world 
or the word calls us to the acquisition and execution of wisdom, we can be assured that it is within our grasp. There is nothing in which God commands us to acquire that he has not placed it into some level of proximity that the hungry person has the ability to obtain it. The study is going to be designed for us to look at these seven pillars of wisdom in our life and understand what the word of the Lord means when it tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Because wisdom has built a house held up by seven pillars, it's important that perhaps we understand what these terms mean. The word wisdom comes from the Hebrew word, root word shakam, meaning to be wise in mind or word or in actions, to make oneself or show one's self wise, to deal wisely. This word comes from another Hebrew word, shakma, which means wisdom or skill. In the New Testament, the word wisdom comes from the Greek word Sophia. So if your name is Sophia, your mom and dad named you wisdom. Now you just have to live up to your name. Webster defines wisdom as the quality of being wise, the faculty of making the best use of knowledge, experience, understanding, good judgment. It means sagacity. And if you don't know what that means, it simply means having or showing acute mental discernment and keen practical sense. The word pillars is from the Hebrew word amud, meaning a column, as a standing column, a stand on which a platform is built. It is derived from the Greek word stulos, meaning to stiffen with support. And so, in order to approach this subject, we must first understand that the writers of the text have divided wisdom into several categories. As a matter of fact, there are about six categories in which we can look at wisdom. The first category is man's wisdom. If you're taking notes, write that down. Man's wisdom. Read for me 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Read number 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Read number five. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Read verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so the Apostle Paul makes it very clear that he did not come with enticing words of men's wisdom. That we should not put our trust in men's wisdom. 
that there is a clear differentiator between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. Number two, the second category of wisdom is fleshly wisdom or wisdom that is derived from the base knowledge of humanity. Read 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to your word. Not fleshly wisdom. Tell your neighbor, fleshly wisdom. There is a kind of wisdom that the word of the Lord defines as fleshly or carnal uh, carnal wisdom. That word carnal comes from the Latin word carne, where we also get the Spanish word for meat, carne. Oh, Lord, I got somebody hungry right there. I didn't even say the second word. I just said carne. Somebody said asada. There is a kind of wisdom that is derived from the base element uh, of human flesh. Uh, I don't have it in your notes, but whoever just read that, read verse number 14 in that same chapter. It's okay. I'll just, just, I'll just uh, elaborate. The Bible says just a few verses later that there is a difference between the natural and spiritual wisdom, that they are not reconciled one to the other. They, uh, they stand in opposition of each other. That's it. They got it up there. Uh, that we are, uh, is that verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 1? I wrote down the wrong reference. But the Bible tells us this, that the carnal mind, which is where we house wisdom and understanding, is the enemy of God. It is not subject uh, to the law of God and neither indeed can be. There is a diametric uh, opposition uh, between the wisdom of our flesh uh, and the wisdom uh, of God. The third category is wisdom of the world. Read for me 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Isn't this interesting what we consider in this world to be wise? God said, I'll make it foolish. The wisest of the wise uh, in comparison to my wisdom is nothing more than foolishness. Read chapter 2, verse number 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. We don't speak according to the wisdom of this World, Read for me chapter 3, verse number 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the word of the Lord declares the wisdom of men to be foolish. The fourth category, if you're taking notes, is the wisdom of God. Read from me 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 7. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So not is there only wisdom of the world and wisdom of the flesh, but there is a wisdom that is wisdom of God. Read Luke chapter 11, verse 49. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute. If you'll notice in this scripture, again, there is a personification of wisdom. Wisdom has a voice, and wisdom speaks. There is the voice of the wisdom of this world. There is a voice of the wisdom of the flesh. There is a voice of the wisdom of man. But there is also a voice that is a representation of the wisdom of God. And you have to be able to discern the difference. Read Romans chapter 11 verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Oh, the depths of the wisdom of God. The fifth category of wisdom, if you're taking notes, the Bible describes it as earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. Read for me James chapter 3 verses 13 through 16. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Back up to verse number 13. Let me stop here for a moment. Look at how the scripture ties up this kind of wisdom. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if ye have, here is the, here is the contrast. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Bitterness and envy in the human spirit is often accompanied with self-justification. Bitter envying and strife in the human spirit is often accompanied with a voice that wants to substantiate the bitter and the envying. But the word of the Lord declares, don't lie against the truth. Next verse, read. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Again, there is a contrast. This kind of wisdom, this sensual, earthly, devilish wisdom is not from above, but it is earthly, sensual, devilish. One more verse. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. For where envying and strife is, when you find a place a person that houses envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. The sixth category of wisdom is wisdom that is from above. Read James chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then Ooh. peaceable, 
Listen to this. You want to be able to identify wisdom that is from above? It is first pure. Then peaceable. Then it is gentle and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without uh, hypocrisy. Uh, if this isn't what the wisdom looks like, uh, then it's not wisdom from above, uh, but it is earthly, uh, sensual, uh, devilish uh, wisdom. It is important to understand that James and Paul, both apostles, uh, partitioned wisdom into these various divisions. Each of them makes an interesting study. Let me say this on the outset. Why is this important to understand? Because it is almost default uh, that when we hear something uh, or we observe something uh, that has the appearance of wisdom, we automatically associate wisdom as being a good thing. You don't believe me? Just look at Instagram at all of the memes. So many times I see memes that sound good. But if you got the Holy Ghost and you understand what it really means, it's sensual. It's devilish. It's not wisdom from above. <laughs> uh, I don't know why this just popped in my head. Maybe this is for somebody. I saw a video, I laughed at it the other day, but I thought, how many Christians really live like that? Somebody was, somebody was singing a song, and they, the song said, try Jesus, <laughs> but don't try me, because I got hands. Wow. <laughs> and I was watching people say, amen, bless God, that's right. That's the truth. Sounds good, but that ain't wisdom from above. Because wisdom from above is first pure, uh, then it's peaceable. I can't get no Holy Ghost help. If your wisdom is full of hatefulness uh, and bitter uh, and envy, uh, that may be wisdom in the world, uh, but it's not wisdom uh, that's going to take you to heaven. Uh, it's wisdom uh, that will send you. You have to come to the understanding uh, that not all wisdom uh, is good wisdom. Um, there are some things uh, that are enticing words uh, of men's wisdom. Uh, they are enticing to the flesh. Uh, they sound good. Uh, they're appealing, uh, but they disagree uh, with the law of God. Uh, they disagree uh, with the principles uh, of God. Not everybody uh, that claims to be wise uh, has wisdom uh, that's from God. Uh, their wisdom uh, might send you to hell. Uh, their wisdom uh, might plant a root of bitterness in your heart. Uh, their wisdom uh, might cause you to be envious. Oh, I, I like being around them. They're so wise. Okay, you better check their wisdom. If it disagrees with Scripture, it's the wrong kind of wisdom.
But when you begin to look at godly wisdom, wisdom that is from above, the scripture becomes very clear to us that there is a powerful assessment of value that is placed on this kind of wisdom. Read for me Proverbs chapter 8 verse number 11. For wisdom is better than rubies and all all the things that may be desired are not to be compared if to If you're it. taking notes, write that down. Wisdom is better than rubies. Read Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. We talk a lot about happiness today. And that's cool. If you want to be happy, I, I want to be happy too. We, we sing songs about it. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you. Look at y'all acting like you don't know the words. What song is he singing? I've never heard. Who sings that song? I've never heard that song. That make a good, that almost could make a Sunday night cut right there. Can't man nothing bring me down. Happiness is all right, but you know what's better than happiness is joy. Because happiness is affected by outside circumstance. But the joy of the Lord comes from the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God is neither meat nor drink, uh, but it's righteousness, peace, uh, and joy uh, in the Holy Ghost. There's value to this kind of wisdom. Read Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. Out of all of the things on your list of things to get, put wisdom at the top of the list. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me godly understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. That is the kind of value that the Word of God places on wisdom. Read Proverbs chapter 10, verse 13 through 14. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise man lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Foolish people die for lack uh, of wisdom. It is better to get wisdom than to get gold. Read Proverbs 16 and 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? He, he uses silver and gold, which are the two elements used to represent wealth. And he says, how much better is it to have wisdom than it is to get the gold and the silver? It is reminiscent of God asking Solomon, ask me for what you want uh, and I'll give it to you, Solomon. Uh, it, it, was like, it was like God just saying, you, you tell me whatever it is uh, that you want and I'm going to give it to you. Solomon did not ask for wealth. Uh, he did not ask for silver. Uh, he did not ask for gold and houses and lands. Uh, Solomon said, Lord, uh, if I've got 
got one request. Uh, he understood that wisdom um, is the principal thing here. He said, Lord, uh, give me uh, wisdom. And God said, because you didn't ask me for gold and you didn't ask me for all of these other things, uh, not only am I going to give you the wisdom, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give you the gold uh, and give you the silver. Uh, you see, when you get wisdom, uh, you can get the gold. Uh, when you get wisdom, um, you can get the Am I preaching to anybody uh, right now? Uh, God, my prayer request uh, is not for a new house. Uh, my prayer request uh, is not for a new car uh, or a raise on the job. Uh, Lord, I want wisdom uh, because if I get the wisdom, uh, I can get the new house. Uh, if I get the wisdom, um, I can get, come on, uh, I can get the new car. Uh, if I can get uh, the understanding, uh, then I, come on somebody, uh, wisdom is uh, the principal thing. Don't chase stuff, chase wisdom. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, read for me. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and don't sell it, read. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. It says to buy these things. That tells me that there has to be a, a transaction of personal investment. You are not going to get wisdom uh, by osmosis. You're not going to get wisdom uh, just by hanging out with wise people. You're not going to get wisdom uh, by just running with the right. If you want wisdom, uh, it's going to take an investment uh, on your part uh, to get the wisdom. Uh, you're going to have to buy. Uh, that means it's going to take uh, your resources. Uh, it's going to take your time uh, and your talent uh, and your treasure. Uh, do whatever you have to do uh, to get the wisdom. Um, and when you get the wisdom, uh, don't sell it. Uh, don't trade it for anything. Uh, don't trade it uh, for shortcuts. Uh, don't trade it uh, for your BFF. Uh, don't trade it uh, to fulfill uh, the desire of your flesh. Uh, buy the truth uh, and wisdom uh, and instruction uh, and sell it not. Read Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Listen, I want you to to, to, if you got your pen, get ready because Ecclesiastes lists a whole lot of things that help us to understand the value of wisdom. Read chapter 2, verse 13. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. Uh-huh. Read chapter 7, verses 11 through 12. Wisdom is good within an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. I like that verse. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. Because if you get an inheritance without wisdom, you won't have the inheritance very long. <laughs> See, if you get the blessing... Without the wisdom of that blessing, the blessing will become a curse. Yeah. 
if you hand somebody who doesn't understand the principle of wealth and, and, and they, they, they aren't disciplined and they've got poor habits and you hand them a million dollars, you've just given them more money to get further in trouble with. Come on, somebody. That's why almost every person who wins the lottery ends up broke in less than three years. And you scratch your head and say, how in the world did they blow $14 million? $14 million in three years. Because they didn't have understanding. They didn't have wisdom. Wealth and money is just a magnifier. That's why, you know, we often misquote says money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is just a magnifier. For people who do evil, it just gives, it just magnifies the evil that they do. But for somebody that's got wisdom and understanding and favor and consecration, God gives you the wealth and the wisdom, uh, and he causes you to be able to grow, uh, and he causes you to be, you're not just blessed, uh, but you become the blessing. Oh, I, I can't get stuck there. We'll never get back tonight. But he said, wisdom is good within inheritance. Read verse number 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten men. Read chapter 9, verse 16. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Read verse 18. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. It's better than weapons of war. Are you in a battle? You don't need more weapons. You need more wisdom. Wisdom will help you do more with what you have. <laughs> wisdom will give you a strategy with a sling and a stone. When the other guy's got a sword and a spear and a shield and he outweighs you by 500 pounds and he's got 20 years experience, David didn't need more weapons. He just needed the wisdom of Who am I preaching to tonight? You might look like the underdog, baby, but if you can get a hold of the wisdom of God, wisdom will cause you to win the war. Wisdom will cause you to come out on the other side. Better than weapons of war. Read Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. If the iron be blunt... And he do not wet the edge. Then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Ooh, I love this verse right here. If the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. You know what he's talking about here is some sort of a weapon or a tool, perhaps an axe or a sword that has an edge that is now blunt. It is no longer sharp. And it says, if he does not wet the edge, what does that mean? W-H-E-T, not W-E-T. 
W-H-E-T, to wet, uh, they have what's called a wetting stone that you use to sharpen the edge of a knife or a sword or an axe or a tool. And, And if you don't sharpen the edge of the tool and the tool becomes dull or it becomes blunt, then you have to use more force. Then must he put to more strength. you got to swing the axe harder to get the same result. You've got to swing the sword with more fervency to get the result. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom is that wedding stone that sharpens the axe. And when you have wisdom, you don't have to work harder. You just work smarter. Wisdom will bring efficiency uh, to who you are. My God, I wish I had a church uh, in the building. Uh, Wisdom will bring a sharp edge uh, back to who you are. Uh, It'll cause you to move faster uh, than everybody else is moving. Uh, Wisdom will cause you uh, to accomplish more uh, than somebody else. Uh, Oh, has anybody ever been there? Uh, You felt like you lost your edge? Uh, Felt like you lost uh, your cutting edge? Uh, What you need uh, is a little bit of wisdom. So, Scripture declares the value of wisdom. Read Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews uh-huh. because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Uh-huh. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, uh-huh. It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve table. Now pause there. Let me give you some context. You understand that in the early church, uh, it started out with the 12 disciples, but instantly as the church began to grow and the needs of the early church began to grow, the 12 disciples couldn't get to all of it. They, they were working as hard as they could, and, and, and the Bible says that the, the widows were being neglected, and, and, and there were things that, that started to happen. And so they, they had the revelation that, you know, we've got to sometimes break the paradigm of our leadership structure in order to support the growth of the church. Man, I felt something. Let me stop here for a moment. There's going to come a time when somebody else besides Pastor Williams is going to have to show up to help you because I can't get to everybody. Somebody else, they they had to have another leader and so they they were in this dilemma and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. What they were saying was, We're willing to go serve tables, uh, but that's not what God has equipped us to do. God's equipped us to preach the word. Uh, I'll wait tables if I have to, but if I could get some help with the tables, uh, then I could do what God's called me to do. Ooh, y'all got nervous right there. And so verse number three. Wherefore, brethren... Look ye out among you seven men of honest report. And so listen, they said, we're going to look, we're going to add seven people to the staff. And the first qualification of these leaders is honesty. If you want to be a leader in God's kingdom, you've got to be an honest person. 
God doesn't need deceptive people uh, in roles of leadership in his kingdom. You say, well, pastor, I, I know I've had a little trouble uh, with being honest, uh, but I know God's calling me to leadership. Then get on your knees uh, until you get the dishonesty out of your heart uh, and you allow God to equip you and you surrender uh, so that you can qualify yourself uh, to be what God's calling you to be. Oh, I'm going to stop here for a moment. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. There's a lot of people that feel the call, uh, but the choosing isn't God. God already called, and he wouldn't have called if he didn't want an answer. The few chosen is because there are only a few uh, that submit themselves to the process uh, of becoming what God wants them to become. Woo, somebody ought to run the aisles right there. Uh, your desire uh, to submit to process uh, has to match uh, the level of the calling that's in your life uh, or you'll never experience uh, and fulfill uh, what God is trying to call you uh, to do. Many are called, few are chosen. There's going to be a lot of people take their last breath and they never do what God called them to do. Not because God didn't call them and not because everybody cheated them out of the opportunity, but because they never surrendered themselves uh, to the process of God. There are probably some people that, man, they'd make a great leader, but they're dishonest. <laughs> well, guess they're not going to, I can't pick them. Full of honest report. You know, I'm going to stop there because not just honesty, but an honest report. You know what that means? That it's other people that are going to come and testify of the honesty to the disciples. You know what that tells me? Your reputation is important. Can I just stop and preach leadership for a moment? Uh, I, 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 get, I get red flags uh, when people march around saying, I don't care uh, what nobody thinks about me. Uh, I don't care what they say. I don't care what nobody. You had better care uh, about what people think about you. Uh, the Bible said uh, that a good name uh, is rather to be had uh, than even riches. A poor reputation will keep you from being able to answer the call of God in your life. Don't think a title is going to upgrade your status of character. Good report. I don't march around trying to be a man pleaser, but I want to have a good report. I said I want to have a good report. <laughs> Somebody said, move on, pastor, preach. Get on with the lesson. Where were we at? Oh, yeah. Choosing leaders. Qualification. Choose out seven men of honest report. What else? Full of the Holy Ghost. They got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Not full of their own will. Not full of their own personality, not full of their own desires, not full of their own ambition. They've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say they had to have the Holy Ghost. They've got to be 
full of the Holy Ghost. There's some virgins running around with their lamps empty. They're in the church. Uh, they're wearing skirts uh, and a tie and a suit, uh, but their lamp is empty. You got to be full uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you can't walk around empty all the time uh, and somehow think uh, that you're going to be able to pour out uh, what you don't have. God's looking for some full people, uh, not empty saints, uh, not wore out, wiped out, uh, barely hanging on, uh, hope I make it till next week, uh, barely living for, no, uh, God's looking uh, for some people uh, that are full uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm not just barely making it, uh, I'm walking in dominion. Uh, I'm not barely holding on. Uh, I'm pressing toward the mark uh, for the prize uh, of the high calling. Woo. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. That's what God's looking for. My God. What time is it? Don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Ignorance is bliss. I don't have a watch on or a phone over here. Full of the Holy Ghost and what? Wisdom. And wisdom. They've got to have wisdom. If they're going to operate in my kingdom, it was a qualification for New Testament leadership is wisdom. I can't have foolish people. Because if I got foolish people in positions of leadership, the blind lead the blind, and they all fall in the ditch. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Wisdom is so important to Christians that if they lack it, God said, you got to ask me for it. Read James 1 and 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, uh, who gives to all men, uh, and he doesn't discriminate. Uh, he'll give it to you uh, if you ask him for it. God didn't intend for there to be some wise people and some ignorant people. Uh, no, uh, God wants to give you the wisdom uh, if you'll ask for it. Uh, and when he gives it to you, uh, he's not going to withhold from you. Uh, he's going to give it to you uh, generously. Uh, liberally uh, without holding back we should ask God for wisdom wisdom is the primary thing read Job chapter 28 verse 12 through 19 listen to this list of things that he describes uh, as not even comparing to the value of wisdom read but where shall wisdom be found? Preach that verse. Come on. And where is the place of understanding? There we go. Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. Huh? And the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot, be for, it cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with a gold of offer. <laughs> with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. 
and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. There is no earthly element. There is nothing in the realm of tangibility that can compare uh, to the value uh, of wisdom. If you're going to have wisdom, uh, you are going to have to learn how to operate uh, in a spiritual uh, context. You're going, that means you're going to have to learn how to pray uh, because the wisdom from above uh, doesn't come out of a textbook. Uh, it doesn't come out of a classroom. Uh, it doesn't come from your best friend. Uh, it's going to come uh, by the Spirit of God himself. None of these things. Wisdom is valuable and important to all of us. But it is essential for those in leadership. The Bible introduces us to some of the great leaders recorded in the Bible. And it is a consistent theme in the lives of these people that there is wisdom from God. You can read in the book of Exodus chapter 31 verse 1 through 5 concerning Bezalel. Read for me. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Uh -huh. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. I have filled him, go back, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Let me set the stage for you here. Bezalel was considered the, the greatest artificer of the Egyptian civilized world. He was a renowned artisan uh, who was known for the greatest works of artistry uh, and, and, and carving and monuments uh, and all of the artistic architecture in, in the Egyptian empire. He was a famous uh, artist. He was better than anybody else. Uh, the kings wanted him uh, doing their most important work. Uh, but even though he was in Egypt, uh, his abilities, and his wisdom uh, did not come uh, from the schools uh, that he went to. Uh, it did not come uh, from the classes uh, and the experience of Egypt. Uh, God said, I've chosen him uh, and I filled him uh, with the spirit of God in wisdom uh, and in understanding uh, and in all knowledge uh, and in all manner uh, of workmanship. Uh, hear me, you better learn a lesson uh, that we should give all glory to God uh, if there's any understanding in my mind, uh, if there's any wisdom uh, in my spirit, uh, if I've got any understanding uh, to God uh, be uh, the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Next verse, read on. To devise cunning works. I gave him wisdom to devise cunning works. Read. To work in gold and in silver and in brass. Uh -huh, read. And in cutting of stones to set them. 
and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship. We don't have time to get through all of this tonight, but you go, go home and study Bezalel because uh, when God got ready, uh, you understand the context of Exodus chapter 31. He's just brought his people out of Egyptian bondage. He's establishing them as a nation, and he has given them uh, the order of the tabernacle uh, and the furniture of the tabernacle. Uh, and amongst those items uh, is the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the place that God said, uh, it is there uh, that I will commune with thee uh, between the wings uh, of the cherubim uh, and the description of the artistic rendering uh, of those angels uh, is so intricate, uh, so full of detail, uh, and there was such uh, potential and sig significance to uh, that piece of furniture uh, that God said, uh, there's only one man qualified uh, that I want to build the ark uh, of the covenant, uh, and that is peace. Go get Bezalel. And he's about to build the most important piece of furniture that he's ever built in his entire life. He's credited with all of these great works, but he's about to do the greatest work. And the lesson that we learn is that when he finished the Ark of the Covenant, it was never on display for anybody else to see. It was never in a museum. It was never in a public auditorium. Uh, but God said, I'm going to take uh, your greatest work. Uh, and it's going to be hidden uh, behind a veil uh, where only my presence can enjoy it. Uh, where only my eyes uh, can see it. Uh, you know what you understand? Uh, is that every bit of ability uh, that God gave you, Bezalel, uh, I let you make a living uh, with your ability. Uh, I let you make some money uh, and support your family. Uh, but don't you ever forget forget uh, that the reason I gave it to you uh, was not for the Egypt. Uh, it was not for the world, uh, but I gave it to you uh, for the kingdom uh, of God. Uh, and your greatest work uh, will never be uh, your professional accomplishments. Uh, your greatest work uh, will never be the degrees uh, hanging on your wall, uh, but your greatest uh, accomplishments uh, will be the thing uh, that hides behind the veil. Uh, that nobody else can see. Uh, but Bezalel, uh, you gave your best uh, for me. Uh, you saved your best work uh, for me. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. Understanding when I get the Holy Ghost, everything's about the kingdom of God. <laughs> Everything. And when I make everything the kingdom of God, uh, God just takes care of all of the other stuff. Uh, seek ye first uh, the kingdom of God uh, and his righteousness. Uh, and all these things uh, will be, uh, that's godly wisdom. Uh, worldly wisdom says, uh, go get yours. Uh, go get what belongs to you. Uh, go get what you, uh, but godly wisdom says uh, that if I put God first, uh, all these things. I'm not supposed to be preaching. I'm supposed to be teaching. Leaders and wisdom. Read about Joshua, the successor of Moses. Read what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse number 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. He was full For Moses had wisdom. laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Listen, 
I'll come and preach this another time. But when the wisdom came upon him, it was a transfer that happened when Moses laid his hand on him. Joshua, your military training isn't enough. Joshua, all of the stuff you learn in school uh, is not enough uh, without the wisdom uh, that's from above. Uh, and I don't ever want you to get it twisted uh, that you got here by yourself, uh, that you made it on your own accord. Uh, I want you to look back and remember uh, where the wisdom came from. Uh, and he laid his hands uh, on Joshua uh, and the spirit of wisdom uh, came upon him uh, and filled him up. Why did he need that wisdom? Because he was about to lead God's people into the promised land. He was about to lead God's people into new territory and dominion. There's got to be wisdom. We've already mentioned it, but read 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 28, concerning Solomon, who was the successor of his father David, to the throne. What does the Bible say? Read. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. They saw the wisdom of God in Solomon. I love this. Read chapter 4, verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much. Read. And largeness of heart. And largeness of heart. Why is that important to understand? God said, for every bit of wisdom I give you, I've got to give you the same proportion of heart. Because if you get wisdom without heart to handle the level of wisdom I give you, you'll be exalted in pride. 1 Corinthians 8 says, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And so I can't just give you wisdom, Solomon. i got to give you the heart of compassion and understanding and love so that you can appropriate the wisdom that I give you. Gave him wisdom and largeness. Gave him a big heart to go with the wisdom that he gave him. Read about Hiram, 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. I'm hurrying. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in, the, in brass. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work a all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. I don't have time for all of this. Read it when you get home. Ezra 7 and 25 talks about the wisdom of Ezra. Daniel uh, chapter number 1. Uh, you can see a, a perfect example uh, of wisdom given to Daniel. Uh, and Shadrach and Meshach uh, and Abednego. Uh, they were, the, the wisdom that came from God uh, got them into a position uh, above all of the other magicians. Uh, and the astrologers uh, and the scientists. Uh, when they came before the king, uh, he said, these young men are wiser uh, than all of the nation's learned men. Uh, that didn't come just because uh, they had a relationship with God uh, and that wisdom came from God. And so wisdom becomes paramount to people in leadership. A question was asked of the ancients as they pursued this elusive element 
that they needed so much. Job chapter 28, verse number 12. They asked a question that we asked tonight. Where shall wisdom be found? I've got to have this wisdom. Where shall wisdom be found? I don't have time to go through all of this. But if you read Job 20, chapter 28 and verse number 13, these men were trying to to grapple with the idea and they they came up at a loss in verse 13 they said man doesn't know the price and it is not found in the land of the living they could not answer where to get the wisdom verse 14 they said the depth and the sea it is not with me that that is the answer of what the depths of the sea when they looked to the ocean the ocean said we don't have wisdom verse 15 they said it cannot be gotten uh, for gold uh, or silver. Uh, verse 16 and 17 they said uh, it cannot be valued with gold, onyx, sapphire, gold crystal cannot equal it uh, the exchange of it cannot be for jewels uh, or fine gold uh, the price above coral, pearls rubies, topaz and pure gold. Uh, in verse 21 uh, they said that it's concealed uh, from the fowls of the air uh, that even from their vantage point uh, they cannot find uh, where wisdom comes from. Verse 22, they said, destruction and death have heard its fame, and yet death and destruction cannot answer the question where it is. And then all of a sudden, in verse 23 through 28, God answers and begins to tell them where wisdom comes from. And in verse 28, he says, and unto man, behold, the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. He began to let them know that the origin and the finding place of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Do you want the fear of the Lord? Or do you want wisdom? It begins with the fear of the Lord. We can only find wisdom as we begin to fear the Lord. Read Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Read Psalms 111, verse number 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Read Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 3. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. This fear of God motivates us to search out his ways, to learn of him, to obey him. Then wisdom follows. The search carries us back into a time and an age before the creation of the heavens and the earth, to eternity past before the demarcation of time. After revealing wisdom's call, value, provisions, and leadership, Solomon provided insight to the earliest mention of wisdom. I don't have time to read all of it tonight. You go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1 through 21. The voice of wisdom begins to speak, and she speaks from a place of ancient times. Wisdom speaks 
that she was there with God in the beginning. She begins to speak of her inseparable quality from God himself. That wisdom was there when he stepped out onto nothing and said, let there be light. That wisdom was there when God stepped into a universe of chaos. And then if you begin to read in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 through 31, she begins to decry that before all things were created, that no doubt even before the angels were there, that wisdom was in existence. Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 22 through 31 depicts wisdom in such a fashion that it is impossible to separate wisdom from God himself. Finding wisdom is finding God and vice versa. God and wisdom are inseparable before the creation of the universe. And although wisdom is available to us by experiential knowledge and divine impartation originally it was by wisdom in its pristine purity that God made the world read Psalm chapter 36 verse number 5 to him that made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever read Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 19 the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. The Lord by wisdom hath established the earth. Read Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 15. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. He hath made the earth by his power and hath established the earth with his wisdom. God did not acquire wisdom as a human being does. For he is, the Bible says, uh, the only true uh, and wise uh, God. Read 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the only wise God. You cannot separate his wisdom from who he is. Wisdom is part of his constitution. Wisdom is part of his fabric, part of his being, part of the existential material that makes up who God is. Read. Jude, verse 25. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. To the only wise God uh, who is uh, our Savior. And so wisdom, from whence comes wisdom, is at the very beginning. Wisdom is part of God himself. And here's the thing. If God wants us to have wisdom, then wisdom is a communicable attribute of God. There are some things about God that we will never experience nor have. There are some of his attributes that are not 
Communicable. You say, what does communicable mean? If you have a disease that is communicable, it means that it can be passed on from one person to the other. Rebellion is a communication. I mean, um, can be passed from one person to the other. There are some elements of God that are non-communicable. His omnipresence is not communicable. He is everywhere at once, equally, at the same time. That is not shared with humanity. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. I know there's some of us that think we're omniscient, but we're not omniscient. Only God is omniscient, but his wisdom. God said, if you ask me for it, uh, I'll give it to you, uh, and I won't hold it back. God have mercy. If you understood what I'm telling you right now, the same wisdom uh, that established the earth, uh, the same wisdom uh, that hung the moon uh, and the stars uh, and spoke everything, uh, God said, if you ask me for it, uh, I'll give it to you. Uh, if you seek me for it, uh, I want you uh, to have that wisdom. It's been made available and accessible to us through the incarnation of God in Christ, Brother Donnelly. <laughs> that wisdom that was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And if you keep reading your Bible, verse number 14 says, And the word became flesh. Wisdom became flesh. Wisdom was no longer above us, but it was now with us. And then Jesus said, I'm not just with you, but I shall be in you. Wisdom is imparted to the believer by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost. When you are born again, the spirit of wisdom is, oh, I wish I had the right church in the building tonight. When you are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with with the Holy Ghost, uh, the spirit of wisdom uh, is imparted unto you. Listen, God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to put a skirt and a suit on uh, and to come dance on Sunday nights. God did not give you the Holy Ghost uh, just to round, run around uh, talking about come sell a Honda, kickstart a Kawasaki. He gave you the Holy Ghost uh, so that you would have some wisdom. Uh, he gave you the Holy Ghost uh, so that you can learn uh, his ways. I'm hurrying. You can see this further bared out in John chapter 3. In the dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus, when he comes to him and Jesus said, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You go look up that word again in the original language. It means to be born from above. When you are born... To the first man, Adam, you are born with worldly wisdom. 
But when you're born from above, the, the last man, Adam, you now have godly wisdom. And now that wisdom from God uh, stands juxtaposed uh, to the sensual, uh, earthly, uh, devilish wisdom. God gave you the Holy Ghost uh, to overcome um, your stinking thinking. God gave you the Holy Ghost uh, to take dominion uh, over dysfunctional uh, thought processes. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody in the building. Uh, God gave you the Holy Ghost uh, to break cycles uh, of thought in your life uh, that have caused you to live uh, in bondage uh, to sin uh, and the desires uh, of your rudiment flesh. There's too many of us living below our privilege. Baptized Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're letting the wisdom of our flesh and the wisdom of this world dominate our thoughts. When God has given us wisdom so that we can live the way he intended for us to live. Come on, who am I preaching to? And the only thing holding us back is us. I said the only thing holding us back uh, is us because God already said, if you'll ask me for it, uh, I'll give it to you. Uh, if you'll humble yourself for it, uh, I'll give it to you. Music come. Why is this important? Now, all of this was my introduction tonight. I'm really going to preach next week. But I had to give you this in order to give you what I want to preach next week. Why is this important? Because wisdom hath built her a house. And she hath hewn out for her seven pillars of wisdom. You see, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own pillars. Lean not to your own, own understanding. When you build your life on the foundation of your own understanding and human wisdom and fleshly wisdom, you build a house with a faulty foundation. And the house will not stand. Bible says, cursed is the man that trusteth in the arm of the flesh. God said, I've got some things in my word. There's some pillars of wisdom that if you'll get a hold of them, you can build a life that can stand the vicissitudes of storms. You can have a family that can make it through the hard times. You can have a walk with God that'll survive the human experience of disappointment and sadness and rejection and betrayal. If you build your house on the right pillars, you can make it through this thing called life. wisdom is a lot higher than the wisdom of 
of all of the soothsayers of your society. President of the United States is not the source of wisdom. Whoever the president's going to be or remain is not the source of wisdom. CNN is not a source of wisdom. ABC is not a source of wisdom. NBC is not a source of wisdom. Fox News is not the source of wisdom. The New York Times is not the source of wisdom. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. F, I forgot all the acronyms. Let me just say it. None of the universities are the source of godly wisdom. And God's calling some of us to learn how to differentiate and, and navigate all of the voices in life that have something to say. If you're going to be what God wants you to be, somebody hear me. You better get your nose and your heart in this book right here. Wisdom that's from above has to match the qualification of this book. And if it's not wisdom that lines up with this book, it's wisdom that will destroy me. I want us to stand all over this house tonight. I know it's Tuesday. I know I preached a long time, but I purposely cut all of the preliminaries short tonight. I don't know what time it is, but it's a lot later than you think. It's a lot later than you think. The clock is ticking, and God needs us to get a hold of some principles in his word that will allow us to be everything he's called us to be. I wonder if there's anybody on this Tuesday night that would get out of your seat and say, you know what, I'm going to make a personal investment tonight in wisdom. I, I'm, tonight I'm going to buy wisdom. Uh, come on, w wisdom isn't going to be delivered to your doorstep. You've got to go get it. You've got to go seek it. You've got to ask for it. You've got to call for it. Come on, all over this building. I wonder if for the next few moments we could just get out of our seat, make our way to this altar with our hands lifted, uh, and just take a few minutes to begin to pray and say, Lord, I need your wisdom. God, I need your, I need your clear voice, God. I need understanding that's from above. I need direction that's from the heavenlies, God. Come on, um, all over this house, somebody begin to lift up uh, your voice in this sanctuary. Somebody begin to talk to him for just a few moments. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, all over this house. All over this house. Come on. Come on. Yes, God. Come on. Somebody get some wisdom tonight. Somebody seek God for wisdom tonight. I've got to have it tonight. I've got to have it tonight, God. I've got to have it tonight, God. Come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, just a few moments tonight. Let's pray. Come on, there's some people here tonight. Uh, you're navigating some things, uh, and you need the wisdom of God. Uh, you're, you're trying to uh, trying to understand some things, uh, and you need the wisdom uh, of God tonight. Uh, come on, if you'll ask him, uh, he said he'd give it to you. Uh, if you ask him for it, uh, he said he'd give it to you. Come on, uh, come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice.